0: Well, hey, uh, for all those listening, uh, I have the uh pleasure of having a great friend of mine, Mr. Paul Meeks, very well known in the investment community. He's also a good friend of mine. He loves good classic rock and roll, which is always a plus for me. Uh but Paul, he's been gosh, how long have you been a portfolio manager, Paul? About thirty two, thirty-three years?
1: Yeah, I started in nineteen eighty
0: seven. Oh, gee, who can remember that uh famous year, right? <laughs> That's a great time to break into the business.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh for those listening, uh, I'm gonna put this on the Denny Artachi podcast. Paul, um, Paul's on CNBC most every week. He uh he talks about he's very well known for technology fund. He ran the largest technology fund for Merrill Lynch at that time. But uh, Paul's been with Independent Solutions since uh 2018, I believe, right, Paul? That's right. And you have a technology fund, but you have a dividend model. There's so much I want to talk and have my listeners uh, listen in and chime in. First, let's do the crystal ball questions. You ready? Because you know everything, like where the market's going from here. That's the first thing that people want to know, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the way I look at it is I believe that we're either in a recession or one is imminent you know, uh, pretty quick in 2023, but, you know, that's no, you know, that's not new news. Uh, So I actually think that, um, you know, we're going to have some uh, uh, scary times between uh, now and maybe the next couple of uh, meetings of the Fed, which is really the driver of all this thing, how quickly they raise interest rates. Uh, But I would say that if you get to December 31st of 2023, I bet stocks are up next year. Now, obviously, this year, they're going to be down. You know, Right now, uh, year to date, the s and down 20-something, and the average tech stock is down 30-something. But I think um, market could go more. Uh, the rally that we saw in October, which was pretty strong, could be a bear market rally. I don't dispute that. But I think uh, next year, even if the goodies are stuffed in the back half of next year, I think 2023 stocks will be up. And that means we have a recession though it's going to be short-lived and rather shallow. And so that's why I have the confidence that we see through that. And as investors, we invest six to nine months out. So I'm feeling pretty good about uh, stocks being up in 2023 once we get to the end of the year. Could start out a little nasty, but I think once we get to the end of the year, it'll be nice relief. Could That means a pretty explosive rally in the back half.
0: Well, it's interesting because you mentioned something and it's true. The market always trades for the future, not what's happening now the fed just raised rates again they anticipated this corporate Mm -hmm. profits have not been where they need to be why people are spending less money um when you see the fact that just a year year and a half ago you could still mortgage a house and pay in the fours now it's eight percent yeah and people uh, that's going to stop that it's going to stifle the housing market but you know, Paul, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. The world's been coming to an end for the last two thousand years. I don't think that's happening now. Interestingly enough, because you and I are friends, and we've done many of these little chit chats, you foresaw some softness about a year ago around Thanksgiving time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, particularly
1: in the tech sector. Now, the tech sector had had such a marvelous run, you know, huge gains over multi years. Tech stocks are really uh, big beneficiaries of a essentially a zero interest rate environment, uh, because their cash flows are so far out into the future. So they got like a uh, you know a market on steroids. However, uh, you could see that not only the stocks were uh, overvalued come Thanksgiving last, you know, which is about a year ago now, but also that. Um, There might be some signs of economic slowdown. And some people think that technology stocks can grow through anything. Yeah, maybe some companies do if they have a special product. uh, But most of them are pretty cyclical and they go the way of the economy. And so also for technology, some of the demand was pulled forward during COVID. Right, You had some companies that were huge beneficiaries of the move to uh, remote work. And of course uh, that actually you know catapulted them. And so, yeah, I uh, was pretty worried about tech. And frankly, even though uh, some tech stocks have come down a lot, I'm not uh, all back in yet. And that's even a year later.
0: Well, it's interesting because think about it. Bonds have become attractive now for the first time in what, 10 years that you can or think more. of because rates were held artificially low. They were afraid right. to stifle the economy. But my God, Paul, I think you told me just last week that you're finding municipals yielding around 5% on five-year paper. Yeah. Me, if you would have said that a year ago, they probably would have asked you to take a drug test, right? right.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is. it's good that you uh, mentioned that because um, the last time bonds were attractive, I think it goes uh, much deeper past uh, 10 years. And yes, now you can buy municipal bonds, which uh, you know most people don't realize. But here's the reason that you play municipal bonds: is that the income that you receive from the bond is exempt from federal taxes, and in some states, it's also exempt from state taxes. Of course, you don't have to worry so much about that in the state of Florida. But yes, uh, for people that actually have uh, wealth, and so they have a pretty big tax bite that 5% um, municipal bond on a tax equivalent yield basis, probably yields seven, eight, eight and a half. And so we haven't seen that in a long time. And these are high quality bonds too. They're they're rated by S and P Moody's, you know, single A, double A. Um, and so very little uh, risk of default.
0: And real money is paying attention to bond rates right now. It's not just munis, corporate bonds are also paying good dividend yields. And you don't have to go that far out to get a yield. You know that uh, it's really changed a lot when you see insurance companies offering fixed rate accounts. I can't believe it. I I, I recently saw in Florida, they're not available in every state, but a two-year fixed rate paying four and a quarter percent, Paul. Wow.
1: That's very attractive.
0: <laughs> so yeah. for those that want to park it on the sidelines now, I don't want our listeners to uh, take this the wrong way, because you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. One one thing I love about you, you're known for technology, but you have a dividend model. You yourself see the value of diversifying, not just in different uh, industries, but also parking some of your money if you can get a safe return on your investments. Yeah. Are you still doing that with your dividend model?
1: Yeah. And the nice thing about the dividend model is as recently as six, nine months ago, I was screening for stocks that had at least a 2% dividend yield because in a low interest rate environment, that was pretty heroic. And right. that was a yield that was even higher than that on the S&P 500 index. However, now that interest rates have uh, risen, uh, dividend yields have risen. Some Some companies are uh, paying out uh, more of their income and in dividends. They have to if they want to compete with bonds. And so now I run the same screen, Denny, but I run for 3% plus. So you get uh, 3% plus dividend yield. And of course, you know, the reason that you're still investing in stocks rather than bonds apart from the yield is you get the price appreciation too. So yeah, pretty comfortable. And the nice thing about uh, the dividend portfolio is a natural hedge against tech because tech companies are uh, rarely included in dividend portfolio because tech companies dump all their money back into R&D. And so uh, where uh, do you have a uh, concentration in a dividend portfolio? It's in energy, because the oil patch always play pays pretty big dividends. It's utilities and it's consumer staples. And those uh, three sectors, have done pretty well this year because they're naturally defensive, particularly consumer staples. And of course, energy, you know, uh, with the problems exacerbated by the uh, war in the Ukraine, you know, uh, price of a barrel of oil, even though it's come down from the top the last few months is still up about a double from a year ago. And so energy has been a great sector. So you get some defensiveness. Uh, it's where uh, the money has has flowed in these trouble times in 2022, and now you're getting a three percent dividend yield. Where just a couple of months ago you couldn't find any of those on a screen, now you can because it used to be. Boy, we used to settle for one and two percent. Now it's three, so that's good.
0: I guess the uh, the interesting thing is to si- to see how long this lasts because I don't think inflation is going to continue spiking uncontrollably and rear its ugly head. I do I do see that it's somewhat stabilized. I don't see that it's spiked up in the last two to three months. We would like it lower, obviously. This is why the the Fed has done what it's done. And yes, the recession, uh, the monetary policy definitely doesn't help recessionary fears. We're not technically in one yet. They refuse to admit that we're in a recession. (laughs) Uh, Because the thing is, this is a global issue inflation. It's not just something in America. And actually, I read statistics that the dollar is actually pretty strong right now. Yeah. So that's good for us, but if you look at other countries, they have 10-15% inflation. We're somewhere in the 8s. Yeah. So it's very possible, Paul, that we could it's, we could see it going the opposite way next year, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we've had four Uh, hikes of 0.75% in each of the last four Fed meetings. Uh, They next meet on December 12-13. I think they're going to uh, continue to raise rates, at least for several meetings into 2023. But I think they're going to taper it. And the next meeting will be a uh, 0.5% increase after 4.75% increases. So you'll see a tapering the rates. And I do think that uh, the aggressive rates that they have um, uh, promoted in the last year you know, will start to show an impact on lowering inflation. You're right. We've been hovering around eight. It's been very stubborn because each month it comes down a tad, but only a tad. And a we'd tad, like it to exactly. come down more. Um, but one of the things that you've mentioned at the top, Denny, is a really good point. If the home market cools because interest rates are now.
0: And it high, has, Paul. I think new home sales are down about 20% this year, and new construction is down about 10. You know, One of the things obviously, because it's a big difference between paying 8% oh, and yeah. 4% to finance a home.
1: It's huge. <laughs> and you think about it, uh, the calculation that they uh, most people use to follow inflation is the consumer price index, the CPI. Yes. About 40% of the weight of that math is um, housing. It's a, not just, you know, uh, mortgage payments, but also apartment rentals. And so if you actually see those numbers start to come down, you know, some relief, uh, when the housing market turns over, then that will have a big impact on lowering inflation, right? Cause that's uh 40% of the calculation right there. So with a lag effect, you know, these interest rates which have been painful in the near term, um, will probably start to cool inflation not rapidly but you know more modestly and i think we'll start to see some uh, nice improvement as we get into the first and second quarter of next year and then once we see um inflation and interest rates at least stabilize that in my view triggers a nice rally in stocks and all financial assets in the second half of next year
0: it's interesting how a lot of these things affect behavior which affects spending. I never could see the logic behind it's good for the economy that families are spending frivolously and 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 building up their debt load. Yeah. But that's, that's the world we live in. Do you see a particular sector that maybe could benefit from what's been going on going into the next year?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, financials Uh, should uh, do pretty well because the financials, at least the, uh, what I call the plain vanilla banks, that all they do is, you know, borrow and lend. They're not involved in, you know, trading yen futures or doing IPOs. So not the money center uh, banks in New York, but uh, the um, local and regional banks that are in plain vanilla lending, they will have a nice increase in their spread. Right, The spread between uh, what they pay on deposits and what they receive in loans, uh, they call that for a bank the NIM, the net interest margin, that widens in uh, a higher rate environment. And as long as the economy doesn't spin into a recession, because if it does, then you worry about you know some of these loans that they're extending not being paid. I don't think that's going to happen. But the financials uh, could be in pretty good shape. Uh, For example, I've been buying fairly aggressively uh, Wells Fargo and Bank of America uh, because they fit that profile versus, you know, the Wall Street titans like a Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs that don't get enough pop from borrowing and lending because they're in all those Wall Street gigs. And so, yeah, uh, there are some banks that have high yields and uh, you're going to get some nice price appreciation the next cycle. So I think it'll be a nice double whammy.
0: There is one more elephant in the room, and I really um, – I hate – I do not like politics. I don't like to get into it. I don't like to discuss it because people are emotionally charged, and my take on it is both sides have their issues that need fixing. But we're looking at the midterms tomorrow. That yeah. could have a big impact on the market. On um, if If the Republicans tend to flip the House and possibly the Senate – we will probably see gridlock, which t- the market actually likes gridlock, doesn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah, that's it- a very good point, Denny. I, I've taken a look at this over uh, you know the history of the Republic, and a lot of put people uh, stress out about um, Democrats and Republicans, who controls the House, who controls right. the Senate, who controls the White House, and even what is the uh, mix of conservative and liberals on the U.S. Supreme Court. But over time... The evidence shows that there's not that much of a difference uh, to the stock market. I know people get caught up in it, but it's not that much of a difference. So what I think happens, I think the GOP takes the uh, House. I think that's probably a foregone conclusion, as you're right, Denny.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Um, You know, they may take the Senate. That'll be more of a squeaker. Uh, But I don't think that uh, anything changes that much. Uh, I think what will happen is the uh, Republicans, once they're in office and they have more control uh will push back on the debt ceiling while well, we're coming up to another uh major like we always do unfortunately <laughs> where if the government doesn't raise the debt ceiling they can't pay their bills and then they got to shut, shut down down, the government right? right we do this and I, I think, and I think um that'll come uh because the GOP will want to make a stand on that that issue if nothing else but besides that which I don't want to say is a minor issue but that, that happens you know quite often um I think that we're in a a pretty good place and you're right when there is uh gridlock what I like about gridlock no new taxes (laughs) right remember uh Biden Biden came in uh to office with one of the um most important and highest items on his agenda was to raise taxes and it hasn't happened and it hasn't happened because here comes uh Ukraine here comes covid And uh, it uh, moved the tax all the way down the agenda. And that was a perfect example of something that people are really worried about. Never happened. Now it's like item 17 on the agenda. They won't get to it. And when the Republicans come in, it goes from 17 to 70. (laughs) Not happening. So I guess that's probably a good thing.
0: Right. And and, and look, like you've told me many times, the Fed really dictates market conditions more than any particular administration. It's just It's just the perception people have. And um, you and I both try and tell our clients not to get emotional about these things. And um, so I still believe, as you probably do long term, if you're investing for, say, the next five to 10 years, there's probably some pretty good deals to be had now and going into next year. Yeah, isn't that true paul
1: oh i think i think uh you don't have to even wait five years i actually you know feel that we'll have this rally uh uh, next year so late next year you think about it today's november 7th Mm -hmm. feeling pretty good about november 7th of 2023 wow unless so yeah and there and and there's some stocks that are down a hell of a lot now there's always stocks that when we have a market correction they're exposed right? Those that are exposed for flawed business models don't come back. Uh, But yeah, there are going to be some uh, good opportunities and not just in stocks, but Denny, just like you were talking about just now, in some bonds too.
0: Which sector do you think um, is really going to be affected or hurt the most or has been hurt the most? I'm sure technology is not the greatest either, but...
1: Yeah, tech tech has been uh, uh, badly hurt, uh, recently, uh, utility stocks have been uh, hit because, as interest rates rise, utility stocks and real estate investment trusts are very um, interest rate sensitive. Okay, and so um, you know, typically utilities are fairly defensive. They had been defensive for most of this year. They've been whacked in the last month. Real estate investment trusts, the same thing goes. You know, technology has been smoked. Right, uh, the S and P's down about twenty percent. There are some marquee tech stocks a la something like uh, Meta, the old Facebook that are down 60 to 70% this year. And that's not a uh, fly by night. That's a, you know, marquee company that used to rule the world. Uh, So what I'm trying to do is go through the tech portfolio, because there'll be some that you never want to come back to. They've been exposed and there'll be some that are still good long-term plays that you say, wow, that's a, a pretty good discount. And so, yeah, I'm going through uh, all that analysis uh, as we speak.
0: And you still, uh, again, I know that in the last six to nine months, you have been uh, taking money out of some of these positions, going into cash, and going into the dividend models. Yeah. And uh, you, do you also work with Peter on the momentum uh, fund as well. Why don't Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I find it really interesting how you do that
1: yeah so um when you hear momentum model uh think about technical analysis which has nothing to do with technology technical analysis <laughs> means you're you're reading the charts okay you're reading you're reading the price charts and uh you believe if something is working it's going to continue to work and if something is not working it's going to continue to fail i like to uh, call it because uh, i didn't coin this term but on wall street we have a term called the cockroach theory now, you live down in Florida. I live in South Carolina where when the roach is cockroach, are not small.
0: I think of Tony Montana. I'm sorry. There you go.
1: <laughs> but like uh, in, in where I live in South Carolina, you know, it's a big roach. And we, we call it a palmetto bug. But you know what? It's a cockroach. So you want to get a drink in the middle of the night. You go down to your kitchen. You flip on the light. You see one roach, you know, uh, scurrying across the floor. When you see one, do you think there are more?
0: Yes. Of
1: course you do. And so that's what the cockroach mean uh cockroach theory means and it's all about uh, momentum. Uh if things are going well, there's not just one roach, there'll be more good tidings. If things are going badly, there's not just one roach, more bad stuff will happen. So that's well, so- just how you how you play it and right now the momentum no surprise because uh, things have been so bad this year the momentum model has an extraordinarily high proportion of cash because other stuff hasn't been working. And it hasn't given us the signals yet to go back into stocks and bonds in a big way. But uh, when it will, then we'll have even more confidence that we're back. Um, but right now, the cockroach theory says be heavy cash in a momentum
0: model. <laughs> Isn't it also that you're, you're, you're basically following a trend? You know, if, if if you and I raced, you know, five times in a row and I beat you five times in a row, what are the odds that I'm going to continue to beat you? Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, I think the way Peter was explaining it to me, you watch the momentum on a monthly basis, right? And you either you see that the price continues to appreciate, or it does not. Right. So, um, I, I, God, it's almost like what people would love to hide. It's the hindsight uh, theory looking at things, but yeah, yeah, it may really not be are- a
1: bad to have a uh, a portion of your portfolio. Uh, in such a strategy, because during tough times, it gets you out.
0: Right. It's and a it discipline out.
1: Of- and it gets yeah, you, it's disciplined. Uh, it's all algorithmic. There's no, you know, there's no uh, emotions involved. And yeah, uh, you're not going to make a, a lot of money with, you know, a 100% cash portfolio, but 100% cash portfolio for a good chunk of this year, boy, sure beat the hell out of the S&P 500 down 20 and the average bond down about 15%
0: right well the other thing that's that's the thing that i noticed about the momentum portfolio that instead of being down 20 percent, it may be down seven to eight percent because yeah. it did not get emotional it technically said once we see these triggers it we're out yeah. we're not going to think about it we're not going to get emotional or sentimental yeah so uh, that's how people should approach a lot of investing or they should find someone like you i I stopped trading. I think in the nineties. I let you professionals handle it. Hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm more of a behavior specialist. Fortunately, uh,
1: the crystal the crystal ball is a little bit uh, hazy for everyone.
0: I'm sure it is, Paul. I mean, gee how do you? I mean, what do you do in this market? You have to invest for the long haul. But I think what it is is people got so spoiled with this great bear market that we had. I think their sense of reality is a little bit far-fetched now. Kind of like in 2020 when we had the correction because of COVID and it snapped back a few months later and people thought, "Oh, that's how it no-, no that's not how it normally is." Yeah. When you see corrections, it could take a year or two to come back and and I think obviously because rates were so low for so long, you had to invest in something. I I uh but then again, I know a lot of people that are sitting in cash, not just smart money managers like you, because they want to see how things shake out in the economy. They want to see if this is truly, we don't official. they haven't officially admitted that we are in a recession, but did we have two quarters of negative growth? Yeah, the uh, the first and second quarter
1: of 2022 were negative growth. So that's at least one definition okay but then the third quarter right the quarter end of September 30 the account the economy grew over two percent so I guess on again off again um you know we'll see what happens one of the things I've noticed in this uh, round of quarterly reports because I listened to all these conference calls is um the uh, rates are starting to hit some of these companies with a lag right because they've been raising rates since March Maybe you didn't have the immediate impact, but now you're gonna have, unfortunately, the nastiness with a lag. And I see that a number of companies, particularly in the tech sector, are laying off people in a pretty big size. You know, uh, your buddy Elon Musk announced uh, last week that he laid off uh, 50% of Twitter, right? He buys really? Twitter and he fired immediately three to 4,000 people out of a workforce of about 8,000. So that's a, big, that's a big job cut right there. And so, uh, yes, we're going to have, which we haven't seen in a long time, some softness in the job market. And I know it's bad if you lose your job. But on the other hand, it shows you some slack in the economy, which actually will allow us to uh, uh, soften inflation and stop the incessant hike in rates. Uh, But, yeah, it's a matter of time. I actually think uh, once these job cuts filter through the system that, yes, we will have a recession. It'll be officially declared, you know, sometime uh, fairly early next year. But at that point, you're saying, who cares? Because I'm investing for nine months after that.
0: Right. And how long will the recession stay? And and also, you know, it's interesting, the job market, because it's technically good, but wages have not gone up to battle inflation. That's an interesting- Yeah, wages are on
1: the rise, but not as much as inflation, when inflation is, you know, running at 8%, as you said.
0: And that's the technical. When I still go shopping and I see that the uh, carton of eggs is double of what it was a year ago, that's not just 8%. Yeah, you're
1: kind of wondering, how do they do that math?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Exactly. They they base it on real estate. And I do believe that real estate is going to continue to be soft until we see rates go down. I don't see a crash. I don't don't think we're going to see what we saw in 2008 because that was just sheer greed and stupidity but um it will affect things and i think people are spending less which will affect corporate profits but at the end of the day i i you know i did a vi- I, I do a lot of social media marketing as you know i keep telling people to take advantage of rates because you can get some fixed accounts and some bonds and things that are attractive so at least you're making something on your money instead of just sitting in cash right you know i i, I never thought that Inflation and higher rates could be a good thing, yeah. but um, if if you're squeamish about the market and you can't stomach the ebbs and flows, certainly there are some attractive yields out there. Certainly, yeah. and it's better I like I be- like
1: the uh, the fixed idea. Uh, you know, the thing with bonds is that while interest rates are still rising, the bond prices will fall because they move in opposite directions. So while we're getting higher. Yields on bonds—they still have some price risk until the Fed finally raises the uh, rate the last time and holds it there. Right. But in the meantime, you know, a uh, fix as you said, two-year paper at four percent—you know—that's extraordinary.
0: I I never right. It's it's something I haven't seen in a very long time, and so, but you know, the other thing could be true as well. If you're buying, say, five-year bonds, and the the rate hikes stop next year, you you could see capital appreciation yeah because what will happen
1: is uh if we if i'm wrong and the uh, recession is not uh short and shallow but you know longer and deeper uh then the fed will uh be forced to turn around start lowering rates to support the economy then you've locked in your high uh, uh fixed coupon rate plus you get the price appreciation So, yeah, uh, I am not worried about uh, interest rate hikes five years from now. I'm only worried about them in the next year. So, again, um, uh, once rates plateau, bonds also become maybe even better than stocks in a price appreciation perspective.
0: Always a pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conference that we have every year in beautiful Jupiter in April. Uh, Last parting spots, uh, Shots, always got to ask someone like you your favorite one or two stocks going forward that uh you're kind of yeah you know, you're sweet on yeah there's a
1: uh, there's a tech stock that i like called harmonic uh ticker symbol is h l i t uh they support it's a communications equipment company that supports uh, cable and these paper per tv guys the video streamers uh company has done uh, very well so it's a smaller company it's not one of the fangs it's not one of the mega tech companies but i see more value these days and uh yeah take a look at harmonic uh, ticker symbol h l i t
0: all right i'm mortgaging my house and i'm putting it all <laughs> on black
1: <laughs> there you go
0: Paul, always a pleasure you're a great friend and my god uh when you speak i listen you you know you're i didn't even tell everybody all oh, your 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 credibility and everything you do you're still teaching at the citadel in charleston aren't yeah. you
1: i'm teaching at the uh, citadel i teach um uh, finance and accounting
0: Oh, man. So uh, let's talk in your spare time, okay?
1: Okay. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's my problem.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again, Paul. Have a good one. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye.